Hey lovelies, welcome to episode number 36 of the journey of self-love through self-care. Today I am super buzzing, I've got a really special guest of mine, Bambi, who I have invited on, we decided to just rock on tonight as well, nicelastminute.com, and I met Bambi quite a few years ago now when we used to be in our raving party days, um, festivals, going hard, sort of dancing, and it'd been a long time since that me and Bams had seen each other and a friend of mine, two friends of mine invited me to a yoga, no, it was a, it was like a, it was a little retreat, wasn't it? So it was like breath work and then yoga got added into it and stuff yeah. like that. And they was like, Bambi's running it. And I was like, what Bambi that used to be in the rave days. And it's like, yeah, she's had a, she had a um, total rebirth. And I'm like, what are you talking like? Cause back then my spirituality was sort of just starting to come through. And, um, went and connected and since then like you know you've blown me away bams like you you're doing singing you're doing sound healing and all these magical things so and we've both had a massive journey I feel with our bodies and sort of where we're at and I know for me I'm still working through a lot of things mm -hmm. but um yeah like do you want to sort of share maybe a little bit about you know before we met what was sort of life like and then I know you had like a massive awakening like yours is much more intense than what I sort of mm. um, experienced and sort of like how maybe life's flipped around for you yeah so I think you know back back when we met I was I was heavily into bodybuilding boxing you know eating meat uh drinking alcohol you know really probably I wasn't in a healthy space when it came to uh, exercise at all. You know, it was really um, pushing my body to to its limit, which which was really unhealthy. I had a I slipped a couple of discs in my back around that time as well, which um, which and I still didn't allow myself to rest. You know, even though I knew that what I was doing was damaging and you know it got to the point some days I couldn't walk but I still went ahead and I still went and you know I had to lift in the gym I had to lift in the gym that to me was you know if I if I don't look strong and look you know a certain way then um yeah then I I, I guess it's not it's about me not not feeling worthy you know if I didn't look a certain way so um yeah back then I wasn't kind to myself let's say at all um but yeah after my um I guess you could say spiritual awakening rebirth um in 2016 I just found a lot more a, a lot more gentle approach in the way that I was um yeah looking after my body I found yoga and started doing yoga and just being really really gentle with with my body rather than you know going in full hard and um you know I still I still suffer with back pain nowadays um but rather than pushing myself I'll just um yeah I'll just lean into it and stretch and look after myself you know um which I think is really 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 important you know we're, we're always striving for this amazing body and you know I'd rather just take care of myself and feel good in my body than look this idealistic way that I you know 
which we are bombarded with over the years. We're just bombarded with, you should look look a certain way, your bum should be big, your boobs should be big, your waist should be tiny, you know. And actually, if you look throughout the years, like when I was a teenager back in the 90s, it was Kate Moss. So you strive to be that, you know, strive and starve yourself. So you're trying to be thin. And then now it's like the curviness. It's like constant bombarding of, of, you know, you need to look a certain way to be worthy. And yeah, I I don't subscribe to that anymore. Thanks. What sort of like age would you say you sort of started to feel like the body had to be a certain way or? Really young. I think I'd say 11, 12. Um, You know, when you when you start, I started growing boobs when I was sort of around 11, 12. and, And then, you know, I think I looked a lot older than I was at that age. So yeah, you know, coming into this woman's body at a young age was was scary, you know, and boys pick on you and, you know, there's the twinging of the bra strap and all that sort of stuff. And, you know, it just starts to, you just become aware of how your body affects people around you, you know, how people react to you in a certain way. You go from this child body, which is, you know, you're just having fun, you're just using, you know, there's no awareness of my body should look like this it becomes like people start noticing you know or you know people start commenting on your body when before it wasn't a thing you know um so yeah I think I started um I guess trying to control my weight around 13 by restrictive eating and um getting into really really bad habits with food you know very very bad habits um which you know I still I still find I still do it nowadays I'm a lot better and a lot more aware but I still have you know I still have leftover residual things that I would do you know for instance now I I get very overwhelmed if there's a big plate of food in front of me if I have two small plates it's not so bad but if there's a big plate of food, it really overwhelms me. And I'm like, I can't, I can't do this. And then I'll just not want to eat anything at all. Um, so yeah, if I go, if I go out to a restaurant, I'll order a couple of small plates and then I won't feel like I'm gorging, you know, well, I'm probably eating exactly the same, but you know, it's, yeah, it's habits like that. But I think the, the main thing is that I'm aware of it now, you know, I'm aware of these things rather than it being, you know, this toxic pattern of uh can't eat that this will do this you know it's exhausting (laughs) what was because I was the same it's only been really recently I can eat off a plate and it's so funny like my best friend I put something on a plate and she messaged me on insta and she was like you're eating off a plate and I was like it's 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 been like two months since I can without I totally can totally appreciate how you're feeling because I like that small bowl because I feel like a part of it is like if I have a second bowl, I don't feel so guilty because I want to eat more. Whereas if I'm eating off a plate, I'm like, this is going to end. You've eaten that whole plate and you can't have, and it's almost like you can't have anything more or you just feel this absolute disgust that you might want more. Yeah. But I was just like, it, I, I was at my mum's and I said to her, I'm going to have a plate. And she said, you don't eat off plates. And I was like, it's a story and I'm I'm ready yeah. to embrace it. I'm still not at the point where I can pile that plate massively, but it's been a big step to mm. eat 
off the plate and it's almost like I'm I feel ready to be that big girl and go okay I can trust that I'm okay yeah. to do that yeah but it literally has been within two months so yeah. it's it's been it's interesting yeah it is really interesting isn't it mm. I hope to get to that you know that point one day you know I do I just I get really overwhelmed but did you know funny enough I heard my dad saying that yesterday yesterday my um my dad said oh get, I get really overwhelmed if there's a big plate in front of me and I was like I wonder because this is the thing I'm, I'm thinking back to like childhood and I'm thinking like for me growing up we didn't sit around the table and have right together the family was totally separate if my right. dad would come in he would eat on his own mm. and it was almost like it, as kids we wasn't in that sort of dynamic so I wonder if the plate like it can symbolize and maybe for your dad because a lot of people like they grew up with like you have to finish everything on that plate yeah. So it can trigger certain things. And then we've downloaded that program into us because mm. my mum loves eating off a, out of a bowl as well. So I thought, oh, okay, yeah. there's obviously something there. Yeah. So interesting. What, um, and what was interesting the other day, my friend come and stayed and then now I'm eating off a plate, but she made dinner. And I then got served and I thought, this is different because at least at my mum's, so I put the food on the plate. So yeah. I was Ooh, someone else serving you. Yeah, and I was like, Oh, and I ate it. And then the guilt, like the guilt that came over me because I'd now had meal number one and meal number two. And I was just mm -hmm. like, oh, I felt like I'd eaten. And all of a sudden I started to, I felt like I was feeling heavier straight yes. away. Yeah. So bizarre, isn't it? What your brain does to you. Like, well, a friend of mine was telling me yesterday that there was this two control test groups and they were both told, like one was told, right, this meal will is a shake and it's got X amount of calories in it and it's going to put on weight and you're just going to be having this. And the test control group were told um, this is a calorie deficit and you're going to lose weight on this. And the group that were told that this was a calorie increase, even though it's getting exactly the same, they all put on at least two pounds extra. Because of the mind yes oh yeah but they say like I, I think i saw i saw something on instagram today like um i think it was bruce lee that said it if you you know your 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 body doesn't know the difference with with even if you're saying it's a joke like oh god i'm so fat in this today your body sorry body didn't mean to say that um even if you're saying it as a joke, the body re reacts in the same way. You know, the body will always listen to what you say. You have to be kind to yourself. Mm. You know, I met um, I met an amazing coach, a friend of mine, Adele, last year, and um, I was wearing a wearing a red dress when I saw her, and she went, "Oh, you look you look amazing," and I was like, "Oh no, don't! I look I feel terrible." And she just looked me in the eyes and she said, "I can only imagine what goes on in your head, like." A thousand times a day when you're saying that I can only imagine the thoughts that are going on through your head that you feel that you have to say that out loud and it really like struck like yeah I do I'm really unkind you know I can be really unkind to myself in my body you know I guess it's always that um yeah just working on self-love and working on you know feeling feeling good in 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 my skin you know and it's a constant constant work you know it's constantly uh, unpacking all the childhood stuff everything that you know people have said to me in the past and those little things which will stick with you forever you know 
Mm, it's it's funny because the Bruce Lee thing I shared on my story today as well and he said about the way so I thought it was it really sort of hit home and it's like and I sent it to my mum actually because she says a lot I'm so fat I'm disgusting so I'll hear her say that and I find it really challenging especially now where I'm trying to move away from that yeah. uh, and then she was she, I sent it to her and she went oh I really needed to hear that so I was like I'm hoping now because if like I said if we've spent 95% of our lives telling ourselves how disgusting we are and the thing with like with me like I had implants in so I'd never mm. developed boobs and I used to look at girls like you and go oh my god like I wish I had that so you've also then got that you know maybe that need to sort of fill that role maybe of, of yeah because we we had that lack and um, other people had it so it's sort of like this There's me wanting small boobs what we always want the opposite right it's bizarre i mean i had there was a girl at my school and her mum used to tape her breasts in like tape her in like till she went in because she was so developed at like we was in what year uh year six at school so you've got you've got that and you know where we're so disconnected from our bodies and like you know like when we went to love jam last year and we got naked and we got a yeah. that was a massive deal for me like to to right. get like, to do that and even when i had my implants in i still found it really difficult to get my boobs out because i still had a lot of shame around it right. like, to be able to do that and be like this is my body and mm -hmm. be like fuck it like it's we're like we're scared to show ourselves even though we want to show ourselves but we it's not socially accepted mm. i said to my friend the other day like i wish i could just because I, I do my yoga outside in the sun here and i was like i wish i could just get my boobs out and do it but i was like, i don't think my neighbors are quite ready for you know that side of me yet but yeah. you know yeah. like, when did it all when what age do we decide that everything needs to get wrapped up and yeah way yeah i'm very open with um being naked in my house like my kids see it all the time and I think that's really important especially having a you know my daughter's 11 especially having her you know um see that it's okay you know it's not it's not shameful like all bodies are different you know I think especially I used to be really scared of being naked and then I remember with Morning Gloryville we went to Berlin back in I think it was 2016 and we all went to a naked spa and I'd never been naked in front of even my partner's like I always had a bra on like oh god I don't want anyone to see me standing up with my boobs out you know all this sort of stuff and I went in with these like five girls which just stripped off completely naked and it was just like wow like everyone is different we are all different I'm not judging you know the way this girl's boob at all at all I'm not being like oh my god she's got more hair she's got she's got no hair she's got it's like oh isn't it a relief that we're all different and we're all like <laughs> We're all amazing in our own unique ways you know like and then that was my first time being naked in front of people and now I'm like yes yeah, it's, it's great it's great I'll always mm. be an advocate for being naked wherever, wherever possible yeah we did uh, it was at Stone Cold Sober the week and my friend was like should we do the cold water therapy naked and I was like no and I was like actually yeah, yeah. Like, gotta be the change right we're not doing it yeah. and it was it was more just to do it because it was summer solstice and to have that sort of you know that that cleansing and then to come out of the water and just to be totally naked as yourself and just to be like this is totally cool i'm safe yeah yeah so being and being safe in your own body i think especially when you've grown up with with uh, eating issues disorders um to feel safe in your own body is, is a massive deal you know mm. yeah. what um when you say like with your eating and stuff when did you sort of start getting into the training side of things or like the exercise and stuff? I mean, it wasn't until 
uh, I'd say probably around 2013, I think, 2013, 2014. I'd never exercised, never stepped foot in a gym. I was like a size, size 20, 17 stone. And um, I, felt I, had, I had back issues at that time. And I went to the doctor and they said, basically all you can do is, um, is to strengthen your core um, just to support yourself a little bit more. So I was like, gosh, how do I even do that? Anyway, I went to the gym and spoke to a trainer there and he was like, um, I can give you a free session. Why don't you do some boxing? And so, yeah, I was going through quite a lot in my life at that time. So boxing was an, was an amazing outlet for me. It was really like my, rah, like, and I got into it and I really, really loved it. It was like, um such a release for me and so I really got into that and then yeah dropped dropped quite a lot of weight I went from a size 20 to a size 10 in about probably in about what well, was slowly over a year um but uh yeah all, all through all through boxing um and then yeah got it, it trained trained quite hard for a few years uh, became quite addicted to it for sure definitely it was my yeah it was my safe space my happy space you know um and yeah I'm a lot definitely more, more gentle I do find if I now if I go through something in my life I'll go and hit gym or you know as a as a different way of rather than you know binge eating or doing something like that it would be like oh, I'm not good enough therefore I need to punish my body you know it's one of those things um but uh it's been a while since I've done that let's say but yeah I mean last year there was a lot of that for me like I'm not good enough so therefore I'm gonna go and yeah I'm gonna go and smash everything in the gym and and uh starve myself at the same time which is what um I didn't know you was that size I didn't know you'd been that size to be honest and would you say because obviously you said from a young age you sort of started getting like frustrated with food was it a case of like like being like binge restrict cycle or was it just comfort eating or yeah binge and restrict for sure um that's been that's been my um definitely been my cycle over the years um yeah but uh yeah it's it's such a I mean that started very very young like very very young I'd say you know I look back through through my old diaries and my god it's, it's scary you know I'd write down what I'd eat in a day and then you know, I'd spend my lunch money on buying like five chocolate bars and then scoff them all because I was starving, you know, like absolutely starving. And I'd just eat that. That would be my lunch um, because, you know, I'd completely like not eat for a few days and then be absolutely starving. I'd like save up all of my lunch money and then spend it all on chocolate and go and hide in the toilet and eat that, you know. Mm. Um, so, yeah, that's that's been the that's been the cycle over the years. <laughs> Do you, um, was eventually that like, metabolism, I guess, started to fight back and things. That's what I used to find. Like eventually I was eating less and less, but the weight was just going on and on. Like yeah. from the stress, the shame. Yeah. Like, yeah. The secret. Again, it's like what we were saying before. It's that, it's, it was all, it's all here. All of it. All here. Um, but yeah, that's, that's sort of 
went up until until I was like in my 20 I guess in my after I had my son when I was 26 um I think I started putting the weight on there and I started I got a job as a as like a plus size model which I mean I was only probably size 14 maybe 16 at the time and then getting the job as the plus size model I was like I'm getting paid to do this I can eat what I want and then it was like I really ate whatever I wanted and it was kind of I lavished in the fact that I was I was bigger and you know that was my job and I really I felt okay with it for a while and you know I was sort of a big advocate you know for um you know bigger girls when actually for me personally it was it was extremely unhealthy like extremely unhealthy what I was doing to my body putting so much pressure on my body you know Mm. um so yeah I'm I'm actually I mean my body eventually sort of said no in the in the in the you know my back starting uh, to give way so that's when I yeah that's when I started on the exercise but I'll be yeah forever grateful for for that you know mm. for my body actually saying uh-uh, should we stop this now yeah I guess as well like we know deep down that we we're sort of doing something to maybe soothe ourselves rather than dealing oh. with perhaps what's actually going on in our real life and then it's like okay I need to make a change mm. But recognizing when we make a change that you know, okay, we're here now, rather than fucking ourselves up again. Yeah. How, how can I take this and do it a little bit more gently? And like we said, like a lot of it is in the mind, and mm. you know, like to find things like breath work and yoga and stuff like that. Now, Powerful. I mean, this is the stuff like should be in school with the kids, and mm-hmm. you know, what if they've got stuff going on at home like, I don't know what your home life was like growing up as well with the family but for me you know we had a, like very dysfunctional there was you know my parents were very separate so mm-hmm. it was almost like for me like eating it didn't seem to do any fate it called eating used to cause stress because my dad was never home and then he'd get home and like throw his dinner in the bin and mum had made it so to me food seemed like it was a problem yes that enhanced it for me what was it sort of like food wise growing up for you um it was so for me it it was very much uh my mum wasn't around a lot because she was working uh, my mum and dad split up when we were really young and it was my sister um bless my sister she's six years older than me she was the one that cooked so it was basically waffles crispy pancakes mm-hmm. and beans if you're lucky you know and that it was that for for many 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 years it was just that I remember we weren't really allowed uh, desserts and I clearly remember going and sitting in the in the larder and eating sugar out of the jar like eating spoonfuls of sugar to get that you know that little sugar sugar high so yeah eating was uh and food was yeah it was it was just crap really <laughs> just brought up on absolute crap um yeah no no vegetables whatsoever and I hated vegetables for many 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 years really hated like I couldn't understand how anyone could actually like eating vegetables it was like um, what, um, what was your mum's eating which is she was she like into sugar and all your dad and stuff like that as well or? Uh, my mum yeah my mum loved chocolate she was definitely a big, big chocoholic. Um, but she, 
you know, she used to kind of hoard the chocolate meal and allowed it, you know. I remember her, you know, buying like three three packs of Mars bars and then eating them really quickly so that we couldn't have any of them, you know, that kind of thing. Um, Interesting that you would then sort of mirror that behaviour. Yeah. Very yeah. interesting. Yeah, yeah. I didn't think of that. Yeah. Yes. It's like you haven't we haven't got the right to sort of share it so it's like yeah. I'm gonna have mine and this is yeah. you're not allowed yeah I think growing up in I grew up in quite a big family as well there was a lot of us kids and sometimes I think it was a sort of a case of if you don't eat it someone else will eat it off your plate you know that kind of yeah. thing um that, that fear of it being taken away as well I guess yeah yeah um, so I think when it when it got to a, to a point, I remember being fifteen and going on a Butlins holiday with my just with my friends, and being given you know a certain amount of money for food. I literally bought for the week just biscuits, pot noodles, like crap food. And I remember a couple of days in being like, I feel so disgusted. I really really want some vegetables or fruit, something you know. And I thought that. Like, wow I've, I can have whatever I want now um, and it was like uh, no my body didn't like that you know it's interesting because I'm reading this book at the moment on emotional eating mm. and it said like all the foods that we say like we cannot have all the foods that we choose it's like can you now start to open your mind and say right rather than that being like a bad food and that's a good food or that's that's a banned food mm. like start saying like yes to it. and eventually it loses that power over you so yeah. before we're like oh you know I shouldn't be having this or this is going to make me fat or blah 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 it's like you can like for me a, a bad food I would put on my list is bread because if you give me a loaf of bread like I'll, I'll, I'll paint it like I don't even need butter on it like I'll just yeah. do a lot because it's, it's such a it was such a trigger food for me yeah. now it's like you know now that I say that I can have it, I'll have that little binge on it. And then it kind of lost its power over me, which right. is, and that's when I went to have the whole thing with the plate because I went to put that and I was like, hang on, how would it be if I do eat off that plate? Like, am I going to, how's my nervous system going to feel? Mm. And then I think I'm reading as well is that if you can put yourself, because we're getting triggered, like we'll see that big plate and straight away the nervous system's like going off like crazy because we're like, no, this, this, this doesn't keep us safe. This is going to make us fat. This is dangerous. Mm. It's like, can you then start to regulate your breath before you you eat it so that you're not storing that as body fat? Yes. Right. But and then it still it will still come in. It will still try and creep through the back door and go. You you know you did that. And I was thinking, oh my god, I did. And it's like, well, is this a true story? And I feel like if I breathe into it and I can relax, then I'm not going to hold that body fat and I'm not yeah. going to. No. Trigger. but it's still hard because your your eyes will see that plate for example and your body will even when you're going through the transition your your nervous system's still going to see it and your old system's going to kick in so it's like eventually they will catch up and be together mm. but it is it's a process and it's trusting that you know i, I want to be able to go and stay at someone's house or like i've ruined so many holidays like going away and worrying about my weight and then yeah. you know i'm fat i'm this i've got to go and train i've got to fucking push myself and I'm not yeah. present and I'm not enjoying the moment and I'm like yeah. yeah I feel like I've missed a lot of my life worrying about what I've eaten and how I look and oh, it's boring isn't it it's so fucking boring boring <laughs> so boring god and you know I've made I think I've I've given myself like 
issue like gut gut issues because I'll like go to a dinner I'm like well I can't eat that I can't eat that because it's got garlic and onion I can't eat that I can't eat that because it will ruin my stomach I can't have that combined with that because that will ruin my stomach and it ends up being like I can't order anything off the menu nothing because I just get freaked out and I'm reading the menu getting freaked out because oh god it's got lentils in it can't eat that it's got chickpeas can't eat that but actually a few years ago uh, I I remember going to this uh, vegan restaurant in East London and going, I am just going to say all of this is good for my stomach and all of it is fine and I'm not going to have any stomach issues. And it really did work for a while. I mean, it crept back in again, but um, it was such a relief to just go, I'm just going to order what I want off the menu. Just have what I want without it being like, mm. Yeah, oh, you know, like asking the waiter, has it got this in it? Has it got this? Oh, I can't have gluten. I can't have. Oh God, yeah. And it well, does. It will. It will set off your nervous system. You'll start releasing chemicals, and mm-hmm. those chemicals will start disrupting the gut microbiome. And then all the things that sh- you know shouldn't be getting in your bloodstream will get in there. Yeah. And the nervous system, that like, the body will start auto attacking it, and then you'll get like I used to get skin hives. I'd get bloated. I'd get. Yeah. As soon as I get a bit anxious, I could have eaten the same meal the day before, yeah. and I have an upset belly, or I have like like gassy, or just feel ill, bloated, and I'm like, well, hang on, I ate that yesterday. Yeah. And it's just am I, where I'm stressed and I'm stimulating that response in my body. Uh, yeah. Eating, actually, you know, I feel like uh, I trained in Reiki. And actually, when you sit with your food and, and bless it and be like, mm. this food is going to nourish me rather than, you know, just mindfully, go, sorry, not not mindfully going in and, and, you know, shoving the food down, like really sitting there and, giving thanks for the food where it came from you know thank you for this food for nourishing my body you know really sitting there and and being thankful and being present with every mouthful rather than I mean it's hard in this day and age because we're constantly busy here 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 like you know I just had a podcast before and I just sort of quickly ate my dinner in between in between the podcasts um but you know when you do sit there and you are grateful for that food and you sit there and you know say say a little prayer for it it's, it definitely makes a difference you know it definitely does I've never thought of it because I sit there now like so part of my routine or one some of my rituals I noticed I'm sabotaging a little bit the last couple of days which I'm really interested in I haven't allowed myself to eat proper meals and I'm like something's something's triggered that and now I look back on it, I know it's something to do with some stuff that came up at the weekend. Right. And I'm like, oh, my body's trying to cope with that. But when I do normally cook, I sort of chop everything up, be in a silence with it, or maybe listen to something nice. And then when I sit with the food, like no music if I can, and then sort of just say thanks. And I read a book by D- Deepak Chopra, and he was like, always say transformation before you eat your food. Mm-hmm. It's gonna like cause a transformation in your body, like an evolution. And so, but I've never, I've never thought about like, cause I put my hands over it, but I love that. Like this is food Reiki. This is a whole, yeah. you know, I've heard of like pet Reiki and human Reiki, yeah. but I love that. Reiki, put that, put that energy into that food, you know? hundred um, percent. Yeah. What, um, what would you say like your sort of go-to, like if you sort of do trigger, like what's like your go-to sort of food or binge, or is it still sort of catch you or? Uh, it would, what would be my go-to? I went through a phase earlier this year where I was just, you know those Tony's chocolate only bars? I haven't seen those, no. Massive, like, they do like a 
it's a vegan chocolate. Oh my god, it's so delicious. I was I was eating like one big bar of that like every two two days easily, and I just kept ordering them, and I just kept eating them. My friend was going through the same thing; he couldn't couldn't stop ordering them. And then now I can't even. I look at them and I think, oh god, disgusting. So I kind of I go through phases, you know. Like at the moment, I think I'm I'm craving a lot of salty, you know, like crisps at the moment. Like I want I want to have salt in my body, you know. Obviously, my body's probably crying out for something for some reason, but that's normally a B12 deficiency. Mm, interesting. Yeah, so most people when they're vegan are lacking the B12, which normally comes from the animal protein, but you'll seek out salty foods and then you might find that your adrenal glands get affected. You might wake up in the night and be weeing. You might be waking up feeling more tired in the morning or going to bed wired or like you can... Yes, yes, yes to all of the above. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that's normally a B12 deficiency and a lot of people then take like, when they're vegan, they take this yeast, like uh, all that stuff, but that's just, that irritates the skin. Mm. so i'm trying yeah, to yeast is not great for the skin is it no you're better off like getting it from like a natural source mm. yeah. um, but again it is it is challenging when it's it's because they're normally animal based but yeah that's why your body's seeking it yeah and then again like where it's warmer weather we're sort of depleting if we're sweating a lot we're depleting like the natural sorts so it's just like it's okay to have it's good to have salt in the food but have like himalayan salts and stuff like that yeah 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 but yeah, it's just, it's just a beat. It's just your body's hunting out. Same as like, um, I was, I, when was it? Sunday evening, I was, was it Sunday? Monday, I was like, I just wanted chocolate. Like, and I was like, it just hit me really hard. So I surrendered and I put, I had like pure cacao in my porridge. Yeah. I had a cacao smoothie that night. And then um went to the toilet and I'd come my period. And I thought, ah, oh, it's, it's okay. yeah, I want the magnesium. I want the zinc from the cacao. And it's the body knows what it wants, but we're like, oh, that's bad for us to have chocolate. So, but I I know the power behind it. So I'm like, right, I need I need the cacao. So when I came on, I was like, I, okay, brilliant. So right. it's just, you know we've got this whole oh I want crisps. This is a bad food. Actually, no, I need B12. Yeah, right. Yeah, it's reframing it, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. You've got to reframe that. Uh, yeah, I always want want to eat chocolate before. Actually, I, I was doing a, a cleanse back in January. And the day the cleanse started, uh, were, it was um, it was the first day of my bleed. Yeah. And I just allowed myself a cacao every day. I just did it, you know. And and I felt you know I felt a little bit naughty doing it. No, no, no. But nobody wants that. We've well, we've been conditioned to feel like oh, we eat chocolate is going to make us fat, and then we associate being fat with being fat. So it's yeah. like this, this this loop. But actually, like cacao is a perfectly oh. thing to have and now like we know the power of like cacao incredible it's, it's been life-changing yeah i mean if you think if i think about the chocolate that i grew up on oh yeah that's not chocolate yeah like now i think it's just like sugared wax isn't it the kind of cadbury's so when you do have it like don't get me wrong if i have a bit and then i just keep going yeah and eventually it's like the taste the tongue gets coated so eventually you think you're craving it but you're you're coating the, the tongue and you're actually losing and then you're just feeding off the sugar but now like i i make like my own bits and i will put cacao powder some coconut oil and then some agave and set it in the freezer mm-hmm. and i'm like i made today um i made a it's a blondie so you put 
chick it's chickpeas banana peanut butter a little bit of baking powder and some like dark chocolate chunks just whisk it all up put it in the oven and it's freaking delicious like made out of chickpeas it's like so yummy you can put protein powder in if you want but I didn't put any protein powder in it but oh my goodness it's like a stodgy chocolatey dessert which is it's nothing bad in it it's just it's chickpeas and one thing I used to love a blondie and what I used to also like doing was oven roasting chickpeas oh I love that and then I'd melt or I'd make the chocolate and then like drizzle it over it so you've got yeah you've got the chocolate and then you can put some seasoning yeah so you you do and it's it's unbelievable but it's it's just getting up I used to make a beetroot and chickpea chocolate brownie Yummy. you know it's just getting the only problem with me is like when I if I make it a lot of it and I think that's what triggered me because on Sunday I was making protein balls for morning Gloryville and then it's almost like I then just start binging on it and I'm like you're creating this and you're binging on it and then it's holding that that shame that I did it and I'm like mm. but also you dance your tits off you talk yoga you're and it's almost like I'm, I'm then justifying yeah it's the so reward then, you can have it because you did that but then I was just like okay well you did it and perhaps maybe if you had them a little bit more often you then wouldn't go all or nothing yeah 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 if you allowed yourself so yeah. it's trying to trust this is the next stage like trusting myself could I keep this in because I can't I shouldn't say I can't. I find it challenging to have foods in the house that might trigger me to want to binge on them or even just to finish them. And then that guilt when you have finished it. Mm. So I was like, you know, my next challenge is going to be like, okay, can you have certain foods in the house? Maybe, like, I love peanuts, but maybe I'll keep uh, cashew nuts in my house, which still challenge me. Mm. But maybe if I could have them and then start to trust that I won't eat the whole packet in mm. two days, and maybe I could do it over a week. Like one of my friends, like Roxy, oh my God, when I go to hers, I open the cupboards and I'm like, I could not stay here. Like, right? My life. She's got all sorts I'm of like, I respect. She's got bars of this cool chocolate and everything. I'm like, and I'm opening it and I'm freaking out and I'm like, it's okay. Yeah. That, if that was in my house, it would all be gone. All of it. I can't. I, yeah, again, let's not say I find it challenging, yes, yeah. to have things in my house. But again, that's something my dad would be like, it, he's the same, like he loves his chocolate and he's like, it's like it's calling me. So I've got it from the dad, got a dad's side. Mum will just want it in the house to know it's there, but still binge on it in the sort of secret sort of sense. And then there's me that's like, right, just don't keep it in. But when it comes in, then I'm fucked. Because then go, oh, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. It's crazy, isn't it? this is this is the next challenge to start to have things in so then if I go to someone's house or I'm in a situation where there is stuff like that I don't feel scared to be around it or I don't like and then there's parts of me that goes I'm going to enjoy that and that's going to nourish nourish my body thank you for nourishing my body thank you yeah yeah I think I'm going to really start to to do that you know more consciously now Mm. Uh, yeah spark this in me because I was doing it for a while and then you know like sometimes you just get out of the habit of the of the good things get I guess it's a bit of self-sabotage isn't it yeah and it's almost you know when the stuff comes up just being kind to ourselves that you know sometimes it doesn't take that priority when, mm. when we do start nurturing the body though we remind ourselves that we are worthy of that love and we are enough and then it's yeah. and that's what I was feeling today I was like you haven't eaten properly today so make sure tomorrow you start that nurturing process again and something's knocked me off and I was focusing on something else. But 
food does ground me and it's accepting yeah. it grounds me and it nourishes me and it's it doesn't define who I am and it's just it keeps me alive as a human and I'm also here to have human experiences and enjoy good food yes what a joy all this abundance of food that we've got you know when you think of people that do not have that that don't have that joy we can literally pick what we want to eat and yeah. and have it um oh, I love sweetie <laughs> what um how would you say things like so obviously you do your sound healing and stuff like that as well would you say that sort of helped with the body and how you feel about yourself or how you yeah, sort of for sure I think for me uh with the sound healing it was it was using my own voice you know starting to use my voice as as my own healing tool you know it's um it's so powerful um you know playing the instruments god I mean I love doing that but um But the, uh, yeah, using the voice and actually I was just talking on the, on the last podcast about the fact that um, this, your uh, throat is directly, um, directly uh, linked to your. Sacral? No, your, uh, like your vulva. So yeah. your cervix and your throat are directly linked. Like they, when, when you're a baby, your cervix and your throat are together and they split. So, mm. you know, as a woman, learning to speak our truth can be so like, so, so important, you know, like if we don't, if we're holding back and we're, we're not, you know, speaking our truth, it's, uh, yeah we're doing a disservice to ourselves really you know um so I think yeah for me it's learning to starting to sing I mean I would never would have sung in front of people before my sound healing but I think for me it was having people laying down with their eyes closed in the dark I could sort of like slowly get my confidence up and you know I never would have dreamed that I'd be singing on stage in front of people and I'm like, fine. In a minute, like four years ago I'd be like absolutely no way no way I couldn't even see in front of my own family let alone you know on stage um so yeah I think I think learning to use my voice and not being ashamed of it um has been my greatest um yeah movement achievement I guess um yeah voice I think everybody should uh, everybody should use their voice, you know, as a as a healing tool. Did you find like when you were younger, was your voice like? Did you feel confident having your voice heard? Not just singing. I mean, like as in, like, would you speak up for yourself? No, would you? Was you sort of like switched down? Yeah, a lot. Yeah, a lot. Definitely. That was it's, a big thing in childhood. So yeah, and from the courses that I'm studying, like the throat and the sacral chakra, are, like heavily linked. Mm -hmm so if we're not able to speak our truth or share our voice food will then stuff it down so rather than like hearing ourselves we'll then use that as a tool to sort of keep ourselves quiet and we're encouraged with that as well like we might have a dummy put in our mouth we might yeah. suck our thumb and we're sort of you know there's constantly something going in so we're, we're not so that energy is all getting trapped in that space and the addiction of food and stuff is where the, the addictive behaviors come into the sacral chakra so now where you're using that voice and allowing it to come yeah. through yeah yeah moving through it so how did you um 
begin with sound like what was the journey with that like obviously that was something that wasn't around for you and then just awoke yeah so the sound healing actually came through I did um I trained to become an end-of-life doula so caring for people uh in the last stages of their life um kind of like you know you have a birth doula I trained to be an end-of-life doula back in 2017 um and um my teacher cherub I'd sort of helped out at her sound healings um you know had helped setting up her mats just you know for a free ticket at these at these amazing sound healings so um she said to me you know now you've trained in this end of life stuff how incredible would sound be to accompany you know accompany people in the last phases of their life you know because it's so such a powerful you know meditation tool and a way to to shift energy to help people um so she said why don't you come along and do the course? I think it'd be really, really beneficial for you. And actually it ended up that I loved the sound healing so much. And I felt like I'd really found my, you know, my passion, my calling, my, you know, whatever you want to call it, something that I absolutely loved doing and felt confident in doing. Um, so yeah, that's, that was back in, yeah, 2017, or maybe it was 2018, actually. It was 2018. Yeah. Um, that I started in that and then yeah it's just been the forefront of of my life for for the last sort of four four years I love it absolutely love it did um with the sound healing did they get you to use your voice a lot or was it more like instruments at first it's most it's mostly instruments we did learn you know we learned um we learned about the voice and sort of um we did did quite a lot of mantra singing and uh a lot of oms and hums and stuff but um I feel like I, yeah I re I really took took my voice and realized actually on the course when I was doing it that wow I've had an instrument inside of me the whole time I don't need to spend like loads of money on you know obviously I, I have I have a sound healing kit but actually to know that wow I've got my own instrument it's like it's free that's great you know um it's just uh finding confidence to use it which which i have you know i have have over the years and yeah it's uh i just really like to encourage everybody to 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 use their voice um as as their own you know unique vibration for your body that is your unique vibration to heal your body like mm -hmm. when i was a kid i used to um when i was ill i used to hum like hum quite a lot. I still do it when I'm laying in bed, like humming when I'm feeling ill, like, and actually that is, yeah, it's my body's way of, of healing me, you know, which is, I never really, until I did my sound healing course, I didn't, I didn't realize that that's what I'd been doing. Um, humming to, yeah, humming to heal. It's uh, one of my favorite things to do. I don't know if you've been at the end of Rise and Shine on Morning Glory, but when I get the whole room, like 300 400 people humming together is like ugh, it's a dream I could do it for hours like my favorite thing to do it's like you can feel the frequency through your body and you're basically like a, they say like cats are like vibrating crystals anyway and they're they're humming or they're purring so we're basically sending that sensation through the body so there's any trapped energy that's coming mm. through and you I think humming like you really 
brought humming into my awareness because you said that at one of the sound healings we did at morning gloryville one of the retreats mm -hmm. and i remember being on a plant medicine trip and feeling really unsafe and unsettled and i was like bambi said to hum so i'm like in, i'm in my hammock like Mm. And the guys, when I came out, they said, we thought it was a mobile phone going off. <laughs> I know. I said, and do you know what? My whole nervous system relaxed and I was able to sort of go on a journey. And I was Brilliant. just like, and I had, I literally had you. I think I messaged you afterwards and I was yeah. like, you was there by my side. And you was like, I'm always, and I was like, it was the humming. And it's just so soothing. It is. You know, even like whistling and stuff or humming yeah. and things like that. Yeah. It's it's been profound for me, so I'm really grateful that you you reminded me. I'm like this is super. All the things we can do to like you know from tapping or haven in and just humming and using our voice that everything's totally free and yeah. accessible yeah. to us to use. Yeah, it's amazing, isn't it? What um with the voice then? So when did the voice start sort of like coming through more for you then? Um, I guess really uh, in the last couple of years. I, it was, it was strange. Like I, I would only ever sing in my sound healings when everyone was laid down with their eyes closed. I wouldn't have sung in front of people having their eyes open. And, and I did actually a plant medicine journey a few years back. And I remember singing, singing in the journey. And then I came back and it was like that embarrassment of singing had gone. Like I, was, I just sort of got up, played my guitar in front of people. And I was like, oh, I can just do it. I don't need to be scared. It was like really weird. It's like it's just gone. Yeah. Like I don't do that anymore, you know? It's just, don't don't feel that nervous feeling. I mean, occasionally it, it does come, but um, but yeah, I mean, it used to be massive fear for me. Like, oh God, sharing my voice in front of people, no way. Um, and actually there's a real joy in messing up when you do it. And it's funny, like old me would have like been crippled with, oh my God, I got it all wrong. But there's been a few times when I've been, you know, on stage singing and I've got the words wrong and I just laugh to myself. And actually, I think people like to see that, you know, that we're all human and we're not perfect. Like none of us are perfect. And it, it sort of, I think it relaxes everybody else when you, when you just fuck up a little bit, you know, it's fine, you know, it's fine. We're all human. We don't have to be perfect. Well, it's, it's it's true. Like so nice to, when I first started seeing what you was doing, I was like, wow. Like, like obviously, I'm always blown away. Like you're you're amazing. But it was like, and then if something did, I, I never speak to you once. I was like, oh, how are you feeling? And he was like, oh, do you think it was all right? And I was like, fucking, it was amazing. Like, so it's like we're all human. We're all going through these different experiences, and we're all like, and no one really notices. No one notices, and everyone's just glad to be in good energy and just, you know, like you said, we're human, and we like. I remember going to. Um, one of Ty's things and again I sort of looked at her like she's got her shit together and she's super confident and that day someone hadn't turned up and she was doing the sound healing on her own then her mobile phone rang in the middle of it and it cut through the speakers and I was like oh we're all just doing the best we can and I was laughing and I thought you know like and the old if that was me in that situation oh. in her situation I'd have been like oh my god you've ruined it it's the end for everyone complete night no. So yeah, it was, and that's for me. And I was just like, they call it the Hoffman process. Like when you sort of like, you you realise that you're a human being, and it's okay to just you know, lovely. we're all doing the best we can. It's lovely. There's a beautiful song about that, isn't there? Doing the best I can. It's a fear song. Mm. Shedding skins. It is nice. Such a beautiful song. Yeah, have a listen to that. Shedding skins by Fear. 
Um, and you've got um, so I, I saw on your Insta, I shared it as well. Like you've got a, is it a workshop coming up or? Yes. You... Uh, I've got a vocal activation uh, workshop coming up on the 25th of July, Monday the 25th of July, where yeah, I'll just be really encouraging people to use their voice. Uh, we'll be doing some sound healing, some chanting, some um, some of the magical humming. But uh, what what I'm really looking forward to is you know at the end of rise and shine morning Gloryville, i get probably people humming for about five minutes but we're going to go go in a, a little bit deeper and, and do a longer exploration of the voice so yeah i'm really looking forward to that and is that online or in person in person so it's in uh, a lovely space called prana space in uh Stratford. really easy to get to just by Stratford station um yeah so it'll be be held in there yeah, what I'll do then is I'll pop the details below so if people yeah. want to get in touch and they want to book on and yes. yeah, yeah. that would be amazing. Yeah, the link link is in my link tree on my on my Instagram bio. Yeah, it's really cool and it's nice. I feel like it's lovely that people are starting to get curious about it. Like a sound healing for me, like a music's always kind of I've loved music, but the yeah. whole sound healing thing's been a whole different journey. I think I had such a breakthrough that time when we was at. The, we did the day retreat in morning Gloryville and I did the yoga, Gail did a breath work and then you did the sound healing and I was like, normally I wouldn't sit in the room either. I'd just be like, oh, I'm going to go out the room. It's not my thing. Oh, yeah. And then did this whole journey and I, I didn't necessarily go on a journey for me. I stay very much in the body, but it was like when you, at the end when you sang and it was just like, I allowed myself to rest. I allow myself to be, it felt like you was hugging us with your voice and I just had this emotion and I was just like, I just felt so like loved. Yeah. So loved. And and then it was like accepting that I was giving that love to myself by, by being there. Yeah. Yeah. you got to thank, I do say that actually at the end when I like, I get people to give themselves a hug and just be thankful that you've given yourself this time. Like how lovely, what a lovely thing to do, like a lovely gift for yourself, you know, it is self-love when you're taking yourself to that yoga class, when you're taking yourself to the, you know, this workshop, this women's circle, all of those things are an act of self-love, you know, and I think the more we can do those small acts, even if it's, I don't know, something like putting hand cream on, you know, all of these are, are little acts of self-love that, that, that make up, you know, so much more. If we can constantly do these sort of things for ourselves, like treat yourself like you would treat your greatest you know your lover you know why don't we look after ourselves like we would somebody else that we really really love because you know ultimately you're the only person that you have to live with 24 7 so should we just be nice to ourselves yeah and it was a podcast I listened to yesterday and she was saying like we should be checking in at about three times a day like how am I feeling and the more you do that the more you're going to teach your body that it can trust you again and mm. and sort of and she was like a nice thing to do is have a herbal tea like three times a day and yeah. sit outside and just like give yourself permission to be with yourself and then that will build that worthiness that love and then it will be like I am I am important and as yeah. as important you know, you're, you're a mum as well, so like, not as well, but you're a mum and I guess a lot of the times your priorities are going, your energy is going out to make sure everyone else is okay. But if we're pouring from that empty cup and we're not in that place of love for ourselves, then that's when we can get resentful. We can sort of yeah. be a certain way and then, and then we feel guilty that we feel like that. So then what will happen is we'll attack ourselves and then cycle. And it goes round again. So yeah, yeah I, feel, I feel like, yeah, I definitely resonate with that and just that self-love and any like other sort of 
tips as well that you sort of give to yourself like self-care or anything that's sort of changed for you since this journey sort of began I think I think yeah really meditation or even just taking myself off for five minutes like even if I think that I'm super busy yeah. I haven't got a minute I haven't got a minute to spare that's when you need to take that time you know that's when you need five minutes to just sit and again you know it is like check in with yourself like how am I feeling or even I often find those minutes when I will sit down that's when the tears will flow because you're so busy doing 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 that you're not giving yourself a chance to feel and emotions have to come out they have to you know you can't bottle them up and anytime you can cry you know it, it, it may not be that you're feeling sad about something you know your body just needs to shift some kind of energy and, and that, that can come through tears you know even sitting down and listening to you know a beautiful piece of mu music just just really taking a minute to just be like oh, that's when you know that's when I often find that the emotions will will come mine always comes when I'm hanging up the washing and I have to sit on the floor and I just cry and I'm like oh just because you made a bit of space for yourself to let it come my through. partner's it, it comes for him when he's doing the washing up wow yeah when he does the washing up he's he always gets something <laughs> come through for him like, so interesting because it is I guess it's a form of like meditation isn't it because you yeah. you know, you've got you've got nothing else to do you're not busy like writing something sorting typing something you know looking through Instagram you know it, activating your mind it's just a moment to to be to be with yourself you know and that's when I literally just sit on the floor I cry I don't always know what it is and I'm like that's cool and then I, I just carry on and I'm like cool that obviously needs to come through so yeah. different. you wouldn't say to a burp or a fart like oh what are yeah. you like it's yeah, exactly. exactly it's just energy yeah. just is just is yeah, yeah. just yeah, is. beautiful oh thank you so much for tonight and thank you for jumping on so last minute I really appreciate it I'll pop um all your details below as well and then if anyone wants to get in touch book workshops and have you got any retreats or anything else coming up as well uh, I have got I haven't got any weekend retreats this summer has just been yeah chock-a-block with a million and one other things um I was trying to book a retreat with uh Chantelle my lovely friend Chantelle um and we realized we can't do anything to December <laughs> between the two of us so it's like okay right um yeah we're both quite busy but I've, yeah I've got the vocal activation uh, on the 25th of July, um, Rise and Shine, if anyone wants to come have a party, sober, amazing party, that's on the 17th of July, um, which I'll be sharing like sound healing, meditation, um, and a couple of like performances at that. And then I've got a cacao, yin yoga and sound healing on 15th of July, which is, mm. um, yeah, that's a, we'll all be in my link tree. On my okay. I will pop all of that on and your details. And yeah, thank you so much, darling. I'm going to stop the recording now. And um, thank you, darling. Thank you.